Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast season 2 episode 31. My name is Luke Hatfield. I am joined by someone whose son is sure to be the next shining light <laughs> for the England senior team, Mr Matt Wilson. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, uh, a shining light of England, future. Are you going to put a bet on him to make the England squad? Oh, yeah, like, um, who did that? Was that David Beckham's? Yeah, Chris Kirkland's dad did it. Chris Kirkland's oh, dad. Was it dad or was it his uncle? I don't know, yeah. or granddad maybe? I don't know, mate. Uh, no, made I'm some not. money from it. No, I'm not. No? No. Promising though. Um, well, yeah, but he was the only one picking the ball up, so. Goalkeeper? Yeah, or rugby player maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, he is more of a rugby player in the sense that he seems to be a a whirlwind of energy that just uh, batters everything down at the moment. But yeah, yeah, it was good. It was the first ever um, football session that I'd taken him to, and it was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Now, yeah, so I can't wait to see him in a in a baggy strip in seventeen years time. Um, are you an angry dad? Were you were you getting angry? Because I know you were at the training stage, at the, at the training, at the training session. I feel like some parents come in, they get quite angry when no. they're seeing their kids playing football. Or you're more of the the, the loving, like yeah, arm around the shoulder. Not uh, the thing is, it's so young. It was ages two to four. I, I bet some some of them no, still get a little there bit. Weren't. It was it's it wasn't like that at all. It was so relaxed, and there was no there was nothing like that going on. It was it, everybody was. Um, just pleased that they I think that their kids were being able to run around outside rather than in their houses. You know, oh, yeah. early on a Saturday morning. So no, no, it, it was nothing like that. And obviously, I think, I think a lot of in these days, and there's been a lot of education now for for parents who who are aware that actually, you know, it, it it's not all about winning and things like that. But he, I mean, he. <laughs> He he wasn't even paying attention to the, to what he was being told to do. He was running around and just trying to pass the ball to me. So no, it was very much a, a uh, the initial phase of, uh, mm. of training. It wasn't it wasn't really even a training session, but uh, it was an excuse to get his kit on and wear his football boots for the first time, which he he loves and he, he refuses to take off now. Are you willing to give a player rating? I will give him a four out of ten. Um, because he would have been sent off for consecutive handballs <laughs> and um, he ran the ball out of play over and over again uh, missed the goal time and time again um, and at one point because it was a 3G pitch the door to the actual 3G pitch was open yeah. and he thought it would be funny to kick the ball out that door and run away down towards the car park with it <laughs> so yeah no, I, I, I think there's a lot of work to be done on, on, on his particular Skill set, um, you know, quite similar to Dwight Gale. I just think he's playing a bit too wide at the moment. Yeah, so, that's uh, it. you know, he's off the pitch at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, and he, he needs to work on it a bit. Work to be done. Work to be done. And I tell you where there is work to be done, uh, Matt. It's it's at West Bromwich Albion right now because they're just coming off a falling thrashing at the hands of Leeds. I tell you what, that wasn't a fun evening. No, it wasn't. Um, and it started off. Possibly with the worst start to a game I've ever seen any team have. Yeah. Um, kicking off and conceding within 16 seconds. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, and it ended with the with the, uh, an injury time goal to Leeds, and and there wasn't really much in between to get excited about either. It was a complete um, hammering from first to last minute, and um, Leeds were rampant, and they run Albion ragged, and. Um, Unfortunately, and worryingly for Albion, um, it—I I believe 
that this defeat lays solely at the at the door of the coaching staff. Mm. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think you can question maybe the players' in desire or or endeavour. Um, you know, I don't think you could, you could sometimes question their quality. I suppose, but I think the big the big um, the reason, well, the reason behind this defeat is is that Darren Moore and and, and his coaching team got it catastrophically wrong, yeah. and then they failed to address the problems that were so glaringly obvious to everyone else, um, bafflingly slow. So, um, and yeah, I think that 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 is laying at their door um, this morning. You think it's the worst performance of the Darren Moore era? I think it's. Um, I don't know. I mean, they were pretty poor at home to Derby, and they lost four-one. Mm. But it's the most—it's um, the heaviest defeat in the second tier for nearly twenty years. Um, and I don't even against Derby. I don't think they were as consistently outplayed as they were in that game. Um, um, I, I think, as a, in terms of a, in terms of a tactical performance, in terms of a, of a managerial performance, I think it's probably up there with the worst. Yeah, that that, that he has overseen because um, after twenty thirty minutes, it was obvious that the midfield needed um, legs. The midfield needed change. It needed changing. The system needed, needed changing. Um, personnel needed changing. And for him to do nothing at half time just completely baffled me. Um, I understand if you don't want to maybe make substitutes at half time because you don't want to um, you don't think that's the right time to do it dense, dense confidence and, 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 and things like that but you've got to make a formation change I think yeah. um, if, if, if you're going to go down that route I don't think it would have been I don't think it would have been too drastic if had he made two changes at half time if he had taken Barry and and Harper or two of the mid or Livermore or two of the midfielders off or Adrabio off or or done something, I don't think it would have been too bad. Um, you know, I, I think that that um, his uh, reluctance or um, in or it's almost like it's 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 ponderous. It's too slow mm. to make a decision. Um, it's, it's, it's costing Albion. It has cost Albion points this season, but this was the most pronounced it has been. Um, and I think um, you know that's partly down to the fact that he wants to play a certain way, and and, and he has his his beliefs. But it's also partly down to the fact that he is a, a, in his first year of management, and he is coming across situations that he's never um, come across before. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to think of another time where they were two 0 down at half time. Um, might be Sheffield Wednesday, or were they one 0 down? Um, I'm not too sure. It doesn't happen that often to them. Um, but they didn't respond to it at all, um, and that is worrying because, especially if, as it looks like it's going to be a playoff situation, that's all you know. Those are one-off games or, or two-legged affairs. You need to be able to re- react quickly to what is happening in front of you. Yeah, um, you don't have time to analyze in the week afterwards and, and see where it went wrong. You've got to be able to notice and sense danger straight away as a manager. And at the moment, we're not seeing Darren Moore do that. Um, so I'm concerned about the playoffs 
because um, at the moment it looks like they're going to go. It looks like they're going to finish in the playoff spots rather than rather than the top two. Yeah, and the, the, it was shocking to me seeing that there was no changes. I, I kind of understand you wouldn't make too many changes if you were one nil down and maybe being outplayed. Maybe you think, oh, the players could come out with some renewed energy, but you're two nil down. You've been outplayed for what's the majority of the first half. I mean, I've been haven't really. Uh, bloodied the nose of Leeds at any in any point during the game, but especially during the first half, I thought they were at their worst. I mean, you've almost got free reign to make to make changes. Exactly. And, you know, the fans will be behind it regardless exactly. of what you do. Exactly. I mean, there's two things. First of all, if they'd, they'd gone there and played a different system, if they packed the midfield and played four five one, nobody would have complained. Mm. You're against one of the better teams in the division. You're away from home. It's a you know, it's a flipping hot atmosphere. It was very loud at Leeds. You know, it was, it was the home fans are brilliant. Thirty-five thousand boisterous Leeds fans. I think no one, no one would begrudge that. I understand to a certain extent. I do understand why he persisted with four-three-three. Let's not forget that that system had just won eight out of nine on the road. Yeah. So it had worked, and it worked against Leeds before, and it worked against Leeds before. So I can understand playing that system to start with. But like you say, after that first half. You've got to make changes. And the, the only reason he took Gareth Barry off for James Morrison, which he was crying out for at half-time, um, is because Barry was about to get sent off. I mean, yeah. I just that, I beg his belief, you know. He, he, that, that change had to be made earlier. And then as soon as Morrison comes on, they concede again and the, the game's gone. Mm. And so when Sam Field comes on, when Jefferson Montero comes on, there's nothing they can do. They're 3-0 down. It's done. The game's done. Yeah. So um, too slow, too reactionary. Um, or not, not reactionary enough, you know. Just uh, you know, Albion look like um, rabbit in headlights on 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 Friday night, um, both on the pitch and off it. And um, you know, I think we should probably give Leeds some praise. I mean, that's one of the most complete team performances I've seen in the Championship this season mm. from anybody. Um, they were absolutely brilliant. Um, but you look at the two teams and and, and the players in each team, and you think. You know, this is not a squad, and Albion don't have a squad that should be beaten four 0 in this division. I, yeah. mean, I know off day, I know you have off nights, and I know it's going to happen, and I know Bielsa is one of the most celebrated coaches in the world. I know all that, but this is a this is a team that has the quality, um, and you know they also had options off the bench on for the first time in a while on uh, on on Friday. They had Morrison, they had Murphy, they had Montero, they had Field. Players that you would trust. All, all, well, maybe not. Maybe not Montero, but all the players you would trust to throw on and, and, and make a difference or at least have an impact. Yeah. Um, and look, they've been unfortunate with injuries to, to Matt Phillips and, and, and Kieran Gibbs and obviously Harvey Barnes has gone back. But I think playing Tosin Adarabayo at left-back was a mistake. Um, I think he's a fantastic young footballer with, with very very composed on the ball but he's not a left back and I feel sorry for him because he look he should have closed down Hernandez earlier and he should have been in line with the defence um, for the other goal but he's not a left back he's a centre back that maybe could be a right back if at a push um, he's got a left back on the bench in Connor, in Connor Townsend and he didn't play him and then what does that say about Connor Townsend you know um it, it's, it's interesting because they tried to sign Brian Oviedo in, in January and that wasn't that didn't get over the line. Now, Brian Oviedo is somebody who's worked with Graham Jones before at Everton. Mm. Um, so it's obvious, there's an obvious link there. Um, 
but that didn't get over the line and now they're not playing Townsend at left back when Gibbs is injured it you know it just it just suggests that the coaching staff or maybe one member of the coaching staff isn't happy with with um with that situation um isn't happy with the fact that Oviedo didn't come in mm-hmm. now i think that doing the Oviedo deal would have been an would have been stupid beyond i think it would have made no financial sense because you've already got six loanees yeah so if you get another one in then you then two are missing out and i think we're seeing at the moment the troubles with having six loanees because Johansson wasn't on the bench. Now, he's somebody who could have provided some dynamism or some athleticism, at least in midfield. Look, I know he was dreadful against QPR, and that's probably why we haven't seen him since, because he was poor there, and he was... You know, Montero and Murphy were better, and, and they are the ones that have they're ahead of him in the pecking order, and I can understand why. It is a different position, so there's an argument to say, well, Johansson, you need a bit of pace and dynamism in midfield, but look, I, I understand why that's happened. But had they had Johansson on the bench, um, you know, they, they, then maybe they could have brought brought him on and he could have done something. I don't know. But the Oviedo thing baffles me. I don't know why, you know, Moran Jones wanted him because he's, you know, well, I suppose they, they don't trust Connor Townsend. But um, it's a strange situation. And um, I think uh, I think something desperately needs to change. Mm, I'd agree. And you did say that injuries didn't help them. I mean, I thought when I saw that Gibbs was out, I thought they're going to miss Gibbs because Gibbs has quietly, or not so quietly for some, been one of the most consistent performers for Albion this season. And Matt Phillips, as we said, provides legs in the midfield in that 4-3-3, which is, again, a little bit more baffling. This is why Johansson wasn't on the bench, because if you've lost Matt Phillips, you feel that he would be not... He's not an identical player, but he's someone who can do something of that job as opposed to someone like a Sam Field who's a bit more of a holder yeah there's, there's there are there are a few issues at play here the fact that there's the four three three system leaves the fullbacks exposed so Gibbs and Holgate can just about manage but um Adirabayo can't manage on his own and that that is that was patently obvious at the week at the, um, on Friday um Barry has dropped off in form probably just to just down to the volume of games, you know, he's, yeah. he's played thirty games this season already. He's thirty-eight. I've been relying on him too much. I think it's there might have been times. Look, it's hard to predict because you, you don't necessarily know what Barry's going to turn up. But he's been very consistent for most of the season. But he's been poor the last two games, um, so it's hard to predict that, I suppose. But you, I would say that Field is a good understudy in there, and he's got a bit more legs. He's got a bit more dynamism, and and, and I would have liked to have seen him earlier on on Friday. Yeah, you've got Livermore who has come back from his four-game ban. Much bigger, he looks like he's bulked up, and he he can't get around the. I mean, he was never getting around the pitch at much speed, but he can't get around the pitch that much any more any of that much anymore. And he was just negated; like his strengths were completely null and void on Friday because yeah. he's a tackler, a battler, someone who can get in and and then give it you know forward to these the strikers to do something you know you know he's not going to be able to create too much but he can at least play a simple pass uh, but on Friday he just didn't have the ball I mean pl- players younger players fitter players like Tyler Roberts were just going pa- ghosting past him and he's he's just he's too big I think I think he's put on too much too much um, upper body mass and, and too much he's been hitting the gym too hard um, and then you've got Raheem Harper who's 18 and okay he's nice on the ball 
but off the ball, I've said it before, he needs work. He, he doesn't track his, his runners as, as well as a, a seasoned midfielder who knows how to do that. Um, and it was just a recipe for disaster, that, that midfield trio. Mm. And it needs to be broken up. Because, um, you know, we, do you remember when Pulis was playing three in the midfield? Was it, was it, it might have even been Barry Livermore and Krakowiak. Yeah, I think it was. And Albion were just dying in, in there because they, they didn't have any legs. Yeah. You know, they need Phillips back in there. And I think they need something else in there, whether it's Johansson, whether it's Field, um, whether it's James Morrison. You know, I, I it's time to ditch. We'll come on. I'm sure we'll come on to the front three, but yeah. it's time to ditch the four-three-three. It, it is. It's time to get rid of it because I don't care whether you want to play attacking an attacking brand of football. Leaving three men up like that, like they did against Leeds, suicidal. I mean, mm. there were points where where Gale and Robson Carnu. Almost looked as if they were going to go and track back. I mean, they sort of remembered something in their minds. Oh no, we're not supposed to do that, and they stopped. Yeah. And Leeds just flooded forward, and then your you, you, your fullbacks exposed on a two on one. It just doesn't make any sense to me. When Leeds were hunting in packs to get the ball back, when mm. Leeds were putting the effort in, but they've obviously been told to stay up the pitch, perhaps because of this idea that oh we need to be attacking to win games in this league and, to get, and we need to win games to go up we're going to get our nose bloodied every now and then but I'm afraid that actually this squad's good enough to beat teams with a simple formation of 4-2-3-1 or you know, maybe even 4-4-2 although we've talked about that before it's good enough to, to beat teams because the quality's there so yeah. they're just playing into other teams hands at the moment um, I think I think it's time to go to a four-two-three-one. I think it's time to get James Morrison if he's fully fit, starting from the off. Because the one few issue with me with the four-three-three, and there's a number of issues, but one another issue is that as well as Gale playing out wide, where he's he is essentially a winger and it's null and void his his abilities in the box. You're asking Jay Rodriguez to be your creative hub mm. as a number ten, but he's coming to get the ball quite quickly. And the the defenders are firing it into him quite quickly because they're trying to play through the midfield. They're trying to almost negate the midfield. And so he is trying to flick it off or create something with his back to goal 40 yards out. I'm afraid, I'm, when's that going to come off? No, it's not very, gonna, it's not very gonna, rarely. It's not going to create anything, you know? When you In the past when they had Barnes as number 10 running at players, yes, but Jay Rodriguez is running the wrong way. He's running towards his own goal. Mm. How is he supposed to create anything like that? It's going to have to take an audacious flick around the corner to, to Dwight Gale or Robson Cohen. And I'm afraid it's too predictable. It's too it's telegraphed too easy, too mm. easily. Um, they need to change it. I, like I said, 4-2-3-1, I would play James Morrison or Wes Houlihan even, maybe. Um, in the hole or if they can only give you if each of those can only give you 60 minutes start start Morrison then then bring Houlihan on I would then play you know a, a, a strong midfield base of potentially Barry with one other maybe mm. Johansson yeah. maybe Field um, I don't think Barry and Livermore suit because I don't think there's enough pace um, and then get Phillips and Murphy on the wings to slide, sliding balls into Gale or Rodriguez again you know you might have to drop one of them I don't know or you can play Rodriguez wide left if you want um, he's used to playing up there um, but you've got to get Gale centrally and you've got to and you've got to get number 10 in there because at the moment I'm afraid they're too predictable they're too rigid and they're giving their defenders um, too much to do by leaving three men up front and, the, when, and the, they've not scored in each of the last two games 
and by leaving three men up front, and if you leave three men up front, you're supposed to be able to at least find the net. So, um, no, it's a big week. Something needs to change, and hopefully they will use this week to work on a new system um, and, uh, and and fix it because that should have been a watershed moment. Mm, certainly should be. Uh, hot or not, um, the knots are, are very predictable, but the hots, not so much. Um, the first hot, uh, Albion's, Albion's academy system... Um, Produced a player like Tyler Roberts, so obviously they're doing something right. And Tyler Roberts goes in as a man of the match performance against him. Yeah, I mean that was the other galling thing in the evening is that Tyler Roberts, a player who was sold to um, Leeds United to facilitate a disastrous loan move for Daniel Sturridge, then pops up in his man of the match and he creates two goals. And he was brilliant. He was brilliant, and he was everything that Albion's midfield was not: dynamic, um, pacey, carried the ball well, hungry, wanted everything. And I'm afraid he just made he made Albion's midfield look slow and pedestrian and old. And um, yeah, well played, well played by him. I thought he played brilliantly. Um, but there's plenty of talent coming through the academy. I think we know that. Um, you know, Harper didn't have a great game, but he's a talented lad. Sam Fields, a talented boy. There's more behind them. Mm. Um, I think the academy is doing a great job. Um, the, my concern is is that if they don't go up this season, then all of a sudden you've got to rely on that. You've got to fall back on that. And are they ready? And that remains to be seen. Certainly does. Um, the first knot, Albion's defence. If you go and concede four goals, you're going to make it into the knot column. Just wasn't a good day for that for that for that back line, was it? No, um, I thought. I mean, obviously, Adarabaya doesn't close close the um, the shot down. Then he plays them on side, plays Bamford on side. But Dawson also had a pretty 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 ropey game. Let Bamford slip in behind him. Let Roberts um, get through him a couple of times. Don't think he played very well. Um, Hol- Holgate was Holgate at least he was treading a line at one point. Holgate at least showed a bit of fight, but I mean he was flying to tackles. He he will get a red card this season. I'm pretty sure of it. I mean he he I like the fact that he obviously has a lot of passion, but yeah, sometimes it goes over over the top. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, like I said before, I I don't think they're helped by the system. I mean, I think the fullbacks are just left criminal, criminally exposed in this system when you've got. If you're going to play four-three-three, you need some industrious midfielders mm. willing to help the fullbacks out, willing to cover every blade of grass. Albion don't have those, or well, they didn't play them on. Well, they, they might do, but they didn't play them on uh, on Saturday. You know, I thought Sam Field was brilliant against QPR because that's what he did. He covered every blade of grass, yeah, and he was there showing for the short ball when the, Albion had the ball and helping out his, his fullbacks when they didn't. But then Barry Livermore and Harper don't have the legs to do it. You know. I, I I just think that um, so I do have some sympathy for the for the for the defence in that way. Mm. Uh, one heart um, Albion's FA Youth Cup run it's going it's going well, isn't it? Yeah. So obviously before the uh, the demolishing at Ellen Road, there was the fantastic uh, game at the Hawthorns last week, where Albion came back from two 0 down and three two down against Everton to win four three in the FA Youth Cup quarter final. Now to put some perspective to this, Albion are in Premier League Two Division Two at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and Everton are in Premier League Two Division One, and they're top of that table. Yeah. So their under twenty threes are brilliant. Their under eighteens are going for um, the un- Premier League under eighteen title as well. Mm-hmm. So they've got a very very strong academy, Everton. Spend an awful lot more on it than Albion do, um, but I thought Albion gifted them a couple of goals. Apart from that, they were brilliant. And 
um, it just goes to show how bright the future is. And, you know, this is the first time they've reached the quarterfinals for 41 years, and they're now in the semi-final. Mm. And they've got Manchester City next, you know, the might of Manchester City. But they've already beaten Arsenal, they've already beaten Everton. So they're going to go there, uh, you know, it's over the international break, and they're going to go there to Manchester and think that they can, they can turn them over, which would be some result if they could. Um, you know, for me, a, number, a couple of players stood out. Ray Hantaluk was brilliant, 18-year-old, yeah. very tricky, tricky uh, winger, um, reminds me of sort of Lico in a way. Yeah. Um, very, very good. Um, I also thought um, Morgan Rogers was just a cut above. For someone who's 16, his economy of, of touch, pretty much no touches wasted. Everything was perfect. He was brilliant and he got his goal. And Tullock got a goal as well. Um, Morgan Rogers looks like an absolute superstar. And the good news for Albion is that he's an Albion fan. So um, I don't see him leaving anytime soon. Um, I think he's one of, He's a bit like Sam Field. He wants to mm. play here. Um, look, of course, you never know if, if a massive club comes in for him. You never know, but um, you know we've got we were a bit concerned about Raheem Harper's ongoing contract situation. Yeah. Um, there are also a couple of other kids in, in the academy who are being sniffed. You know, big clubs are sniffing around because Albion are doing such a good job. Players like Louis Barry, who's uh, just below that group at 15, but Morgan Rogers, hopefully, Touchwood, um, seems to be keen to stay and. Um, he looks like some player, so I'm very excited about him. Getting some hype from the West Brom Twitter feed as well, I've noticed recently, uh, mentioning him. Um, one not, which we've kind of covered now, was the Albion midfield, but also Rakeem Harper's contract situation, as you said. It just seems to be one which keeps going and going, and you get the feeling that it's, it's going to cost Albion more and more the more that he's playing for the first team. Yeah, but I th- as I said earlier, I think it might be time for him to come out of the first team. Um Look, obviously you want to sign him up. He's obviously a very talented young uh, player, um, got a bright future. Um, but you can't force players to sign contracts. Yeah. If they don't want to sign them and they, they, they want to move to a different club. You know, there's been reports that Tottenham Hotspur are interested and, you know, of course they are. I mean, I'm, I'm sure plenty... You know, it, it would be amazing if the, if the top clubs in the Premier League weren't looking at someone like Raheem Harper, who is at 18 um, looks every bit a man and has got obviously got talent and is playing consistently for a team near the top of the championship it would be amazing if they weren't so um, Abner got a fight on their hands I imagine um, I imagine his, his representatives are quite rightly demanding first team money um, because he's in the first team um, negotiations are ongoing as we understand but the longer it goes on the more likely, likely it is that he leaves on a free in the summer Albion will get compensation if that happens, mm-hmm. um, and they, you know they probably will get a lot, quite a bit, because they've developed him since the age of eight, um, and you know he's these days um, potential gets you far, and he's um, played a lot of championship games. But um, yeah, it would be a shame if he goes. Um, hopefully, they, they can come to some agreement and, he, and he'll sign a deal because I do think this is probably the best place for him, particularly if they don't go up. Um, look, there's always the playoff routes, but even if they do go up, I mean, so if they don't go up, then he's more likely to play for Albion next season. Yeah. If they do go up, then Darren Moore will definitely keep his job, and they could even and he, you know, he really likes Raheem, so you could there before be playing Premier League football next season as a 19 year old. I mean, why? Yeah. So 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. So we will indeed. The last knot before I get on the final hot, um, as you mentioned, not scored now in two games, admittedly against two of the toughest sides in the championship, but it doesn't say a whole lot about the attack at the moment for Albion. And as we said, the whole Dwight Gale situation, I mean, it's about time this, this kid was playing in the middle of the park because that's when he does the damage. Yeah, I mean, he's a poacher, isn't he? He's a predator. He's one of the best natural finishers in the, in the division. If you put him in, We've seen time and time again, if you put him in the middle and you put balls into him, he'll get across his front line and, and, and score. I think he's wasted out there. And, um, you know, I've asked Darren, after each of the last two games, is it time, is it now time to ditch the 4-3-3? And, and each time he's, he's sort of dodged the question and said... You know, I'm not afraid to change it. Um, we'll take a look at it. Um, but I think there will be a riot at the Hawthorns if they set up with Dwight Gale on the wing uh, against Ipswich on Saturday. Yeah, and um, it's certainly one which, a game which I'd imagine you think Albion can go a bit more uh, forward focused on, shall we say, in terms of, you know, maybe some creation down the middle with, with Dwight Gale in there. The last hot, um, the season ticket price freeze. It's good news for Albion fans, although they're not entirely sure which league they'll be playing in yet. It is good news for the majority, and on the face of it, it is good news. Um, you know, three hundred twenty-nine pounds for a, for a season for an adult season ticket behind the goal is fantastic value in either league. Mm-hmm. I think it, there's only a few clubs in the Championship that offer a cheaper seat. There's only a couple of clubs in the Prem that offer a cheaper seat, and I think a couple of those, Manchester City and West Ham. I don't think those are seats that are available as much as Albion, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They're not they're not available in their thousands. So it's fantastic value. Um and it's the lowest price that the seats have been at for a decade. So that should be applauded that they've been frozen because mm-hmm. that's that's great news, you know. Compare it to Wolves, for example, who went up last season and they raised theirs from three four five to four something. Four two nine maybe or something mm. like that. It was the thirty percent increase anyway. So, um, fantastic pricing. Cannot argue with that. Really good. Um, but the issue is, there's been a couple of incentives um, included in the scheme to that have that I don't think are necessary and haven't gone down well with supporters. And the first one is that if you don't snap up your early bird seat before the end of April, then you risk losing your seat because it goes on general sale immediately after that. Mm. Now, normally there that is that is the end of June. You have until the end of June to do that. So you've, you're basically telling fans you've got two months to pay up or, you're gonna, or you risk losing your seat. Now, I think they could have quite easily fixed that by just putting in a... Um, look, if you don't, don't want to get the early bird price, but I, we suggest you do because it's, gonna be, it's not going to get any better, yeah. um, then um, you can... Keep your seat until the end of June, and then after that, it'll go on general sale. I mean, that would have been so simple to do. I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, and the second one was the the thousand bonus points, loyal bonus loyalty points given to everyone who buys a season ticket um, at point of purchase. Now, the issue with that is is that you could have people who have been to um, one or two away games this season, or maybe not even been to any away games this season, um, leapfrogging the queue ahead of those who have been to every away game this season mm. for massive games like Derby away on the final game of the season or a playoff semi-final away leg. Yeah. The you get 5 points for an away game for going to an away game. So um off the top of my head what's 23 times 5 I've yeah, got yeah. to 100 and, 100 and something 100 and whatever. Yeah. 115. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um so 
yeah, if you get a thousand points, you're going to leapfrog them regardless. So yeah, um, it's forcing those away fans who want to go to those games and want to make sure they've got the enough enough bonus points to go to that game. It's forcing them to get the season ticket early as well. So. Mm. I just think it's it, they, they weren't really thought out. Um, look, if they if they have been thought out, then then it, it amounts to um, blackmail. I said, well, not blackmail. That's too strong. Um, it's um, questionable. Well, if if it has been thought out, I think that's really disappointing because um, you're essentially holding the holding these fans um, to ransom. Now, the other flip side of the argument, I suppose, is what. What defines blind loyalty more than buying a season ticket regardless of the division you're in? And I would hasten to add that for the majority, probably for 95% of fans, this does not really matter because they're going to buy their season ticket regardless. And of course, they're going to take the early bird offer because it's a a great deal. What a deal. I mean, the price could go up by 70 or 100 pounds. So why wouldn't you? Um, But for those, for that small group of people that either haven't got the money ready now don't want to do the uh, credit card or the direct debit scheme and will just buy their ticket um, in the summer or for those that um, go to home and away but don't want to get a season ticket for next season for whatever reason it has, does actually put them at a disadvantage so uh, the fans of uh, several fans have emailed the club and, and asked them to to, re, to change it and re- have a rethink and we'll wait to see if, if anything changes um, mm. on that front. Um, but I, I do agree. I think, you know, it's a great offer and that's all that was needed to incentivize supporters to buy it. I don't think you needed these other extra bits. Yeah, I certainly agree with you there. Um, right, plenty of questions. Matt, do you want to guess how many questions we got in or do you know exactly how 24. many? 24. 40. 40 oh, questions. I bet, yeah, but some of them won't be questions. Some of them will just be... Some of them will be replies, just a statement. Or statements, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First one comes from our very own Johnny Drury. Um, why is more reluctant to ditch 4-3-3 and do you think it's gone stale I think we've answered whether it's gone stale I think it's blatantly obvious but why is he so reluctant to ditch it I think there's a number of things I think firstly the fact that it um, was doing so well away from home I think the fact that the results have been okay you know they've, they've remember before these two games they'd won they picked up 10 points out of 12 mm. so you could argue that results have been have been okay recently with them with the system I think um, they felt that you know that that result against Leeds back in November almost set the blueprint, didn't it? And yeah. they feel that this is a way of getting three men in midfield. They've got strong fullbacks who can normally deal with the situation, and they, it means that they can play an attacking brand of football, which I think Darren Moore has, has wanted to instil at this club ever since he ever since he well since the start of the season, really. Um, I also think. That um, that he has a he's has he's slow to change it. You know, it took him a while to get rid of the, of the three four one two. It's taken him a while to get rid of this. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I hope that it that it is um, it is changing. You know, the, obviously, the key is having rather than shoehorning players into this is picking up is picking a formation that that fits the players the best, but also fits the opposition. You know, if. It, the problem I've got at the moment is I've played 4-3-3 pretty much religiously since that Leeds game in November. Mm. Now, not every team plays the same way. You need to actually look at the opposition and think, is this the best for this team? Yeah, Sheffield United and Leeds are two teams that both love to overload the wide areas. No wonder Albino got overrun. Mm. Um, 
Two teams with very high, intense energies. No wonder the midfield has been overrun. Now, I don't think the 4-3-3 is necessarily completely null and void if you play different if you play different personnel. Let's say you had Field, Johansson, Phillips in a midfield three, or even Barry, Johansson, Phillips. And then up front you had um, Gale in the middle, Rodriguez out left, Murphy out wide, or Robson Carno out left, Murphy out wide. I don't think it would be... And if you had Gibbs and Holgate back in, in, in full-backs, I don't think it would necessarily be null and void. But I think you have to play the opposition and you have to play... Um, you have to play to the strengths of the players that you've got at your disposal. Um, and I don't think that they've done that recently, or in the last two games anyway, certainly. So that's what the, the reason they've kept it is because results have been strong, I suppose, recently, or okay recently. They've not completely tailed off. You know, it took them to get 1.12 and to ditch the 3 4 one, two. I think now that would have served as a wake-up call, um, and hopefully they will ditch it. Or or at least tweak it and to try and do something a bit different. Mm. Matt Rickett asks, do you, do you think Harper will sign a new contract? Um, I don't know. Part, Darren Moore and, and the club seem really confident he will. I mm. mean, Darren Moore, Darren Moore seems like, yeah, he'll, yeah, he will sign the contra- contract. Um, we, just need to, we just need to get it done. Um, we just need to negotiate a bit more there's probably just a bit of wrangling over the money and obviously the longer he stays in the team the more money he will probably ask for or his agent would ask for I should say so but the longer it goes on and and the longer he stays in the team and the longer you know if he gets offers from other clubs then yeah you can you can completely see him going can't you I mean you can Mm. see him it could happen I don't at the moment I'm a bit 50-50 it won't look very good on 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 Darren or the club though if he does go because they were so sure that he was he was going to sign, you know. I mean, I know they can't make him do it, but um, that will be one that that has slipped through the net. So we'll see. We will do indeed. Um, Spencer George asks Jake Livermore: Is he the most disappointing player we've had this season? He hasn't got pace, can't pick a pass. Barring the ninety fourth minute against winner against QPR. He's struggling to think what he's offered this season. I think that's unfair. I think Livermore was very good um, towards the start of the season and in the first half of the season there were times where he played really well. You think about Stoke at home where he clipped the ball to, to Dwight Gale. He was arguably man of the match that game. Yeah, Absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think he has played well um, at times this season. I think he, he's come back from his four-match ban. He looks a different player. He doesn't look the same. He's not as lithe as he once was. Like I said, I think he's, he looks like he's put on too much upper body mass. He's hitting the gym too hard. And that's probably not... That's probably just f- through a desire to be fit. Mm. You know, that's probably just through his innate... Oh, I need to do something. I need to... You know, I have four matches out. He's not injured. He's not doing recovery. I need to do something. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. He's been poor the last couple of games. Um, and he looks like he can't keep up with um, more energetic midfielders. Mm. Colm Brosnan, do you think more would or should consider going back to four four two? It worked well last season. Is one way of getting Gale in his correct position. It's an option, isn't it? But the, the, yeah. my question is, who do you play in midfield? Mm. Do you, I think you, if you go to four four two, I think you have to drop Barry. Yeah, and I think you probably play Field and Johansson. Yeah, um, I don't know anybody else that could do that midfield. Well, Field and Morrison. I would. Morrison's played in the four before. Is he? Is he fit enough? Is he? probably give you 60 minutes yeah I mean it's an option but I can't 
with the, with the I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be playing I suppose Livermore played in the, in the midfield too didn't he last season yeah but he looks at, like I said earlier and like I said a minute ago he looks a different player at the moment so yeah uh, it's possible but you've got to get the um, like with all formations you've got to get the personnel right yeah yeah um, Richard Downing are the top two out, now, now out of reach would you fancy Albion over two legs in the playoff semi, semi-final against Pulis's Middlesbrough <coughs> um, I think the top two now is very difficult to get into um, I think Norwich are probably going to win the league mm-hmm. I think um, I think Leeds will take a massive boost from from that win and I'd be surprised now actually if Leeds don't finish in the top two so I think it would take an almighty effort from Albion. You know, I'm thinking back to the Mexican days when they're going to have to win nine of the last eleven or something. Mm. And I don't know if they've got that in them at this stage. Um, so I don't think it's out of reach. I don't think it's out of the question because um, all it takes is a, a draw, one or two draws here or there, and Albion to go on a winning run. But at the moment, I'm not seeing any signs from Albion, crucially, that they can go on that winning run. So mm. I, I would be surprised if they finished top two. As for the second part of the question, would I, do I think Albion could beat Pulis over two legs? Um, That's a tough proposition. Yes, I do, actually. I think I'd be more nervous about a one-off game at Wembley. I think last season we saw that Tony Pulis, against Villa, that Tony mm. Pulis is... A particular brand of football, and in big games, he he goes even further into his shell. Yeah, actually, across two legs doesn't always work because you've got 180 minutes. You've got to keep out the opposition rather than just 90. So, mm. I, I'd be more. I'm I'm still nervous about it, but I'd be more uh, worried about a one-off game at Wembley. I could envisage a one-off game where like Ryan shot and pops up in like the seventh minute oh, yeah. with a header. Oh yeah. And then it's 83 minutes of oh, trying yeah. to break down 11 players yeah. and it would be a struggle. And then the Sombolonga scores in the break. Yeah. Too. yeah. I mean, that is... Oh, oh dear. Yeah, that would be painful. That could, that could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, it could well happen. Uh, I'd have money on it anyway. Um, Jace, WBA. Um, with all the whinging still going on about Barnes's recall, in your time watching Albion, who has been the biggest loss you've ever seen? Mine would be Kumas, followed closely by Mariska. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I mean, if we're talking about low knees, I think probably Lukaku. Oh, yeah. What because player. he was so close to signing him. And could you imagine if they'd oh. signed him? I mean, he, you know. But that season at Albion, he was just a goal machine as well. Yeah. Although, if you speak to my predecessor, Steve Maidley, he actually, um, I think I've got this right. I hope I don't misquote him. He actually. He actually says that um, he didn't. He, a lot of his goals weren't weren't the uh, weren't the bit weren't the first goal, if you know what I mean. Quite, mm. a, quite a lot of them were like the third or the fourth goal. But obviously, that's still good. I mean, he scored seventeen goals in the Premier League, and he was seventeen, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so yeah, um, Lukaku maybe. Yeah, a couple of other mentions um, got people talking that one actually. Um, someone, what were the other ones? Uh, someone mentioned uh, Odin Wingy and uh, Prime Zoltan Gira. Oh, Gira, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Both both massive uh, players. Um, and Witness to Sickness asks just how much of a say is Graham Jones having? Now, I was speaking to fans after the game against Leeds, and a couple of uh, a couple of them suggested that Jones was probably the man almost making the calls on the substitutes. It certainly does look like that now. I've got a, there's a couple of things about about this. I think firstly, 
Um, if Darren wasn't a novice manager, rookie manager, first season, we will probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm. You get um, if you watch any other um, manager, they speak to their assistant head coaches all the time. There are plenty of other managers that keep focused on the game whilst their assistants get the substitutes ready. Yeah, um, I don't think that is unusual at all. Um, you know, I think even it happened when Pulis was here. I think Pulis was watching the game. Kemp Kempy would come and speak to him, and then he'd go and get the, he'd go and tell so and so to strip off. I don't think that's unusual. Yeah, I don't think that particular scene should uh, create. A, ooh, what's that? That looks weird in people's yeah fans shouldn't question in people's that. minds. But there are. There are there is the obvious thing that Darren is a in his first year. Graham Jones has got ten years of experience in coaching, and um, you know he takes the attacking uh, drills. Darren does more the defensive drills. Um, he he works with the strikers a lot more. You know, Darren does the defensive, which makes sense because he was a former striker and Darren was a Darren was a former defender. Yeah, um, you know, it does make sense. Um, and there have been moments. And there is a, it is obviously a, a partnership, perhaps more than a um, a, a boss and a, an underling, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think um, you've got the the added thing in there that uh, Graham Jones wants to be a manager eventually, and he said that Darren would be the only per, per, person he would come and be an assistant to. Now, is he is he? being manager by proxy um, because he can influence Dan because they're old friends and and, um, and because um, he's got the experience and, and Dan will lean on him for that experience I think that's a valid a valid question but I also think you have to look at it in well Darren waited all summer for Graham Jones yeah so he obviously trusts him he obviously wants him Um also, you don't know how well Albion would be doing without Graham Jones. Yeah, if Graham Jones wasn't here, you know, fans are assuming that. Um, well, no, that's not fair. I think I think some fans are are, are are starting to question whether whether Graham Jones is holding the holding Darren Moore back, maybe with the, with the way that he believes football should be played. Um, and I think that when they switched from the three at the back. To a four at the back, that was quite a. Um, you know, that was Darren, not stamping his authority. It's probably too far, but that was a, a moment I think mm. um, it, it behind the scenes. But I would say that um, you don't know. I mean, the, the, the squad could be twelfth if Graham Jones wasn't here. Yeah. So I, I think it's unfair to lay everything um, at his door, and we, I think you've got to trust what Darren. Um, what Darren sees in Graham Jones, mm. which is a long-term friend who he and a, a man he respects, um, and, the, and and his football philosophy he respects. So, um, but I do understand the valid questions, um, but I think they are accentuated by and the, some of the things we see might be accentuated by preconceptions, which actually are slightly unfair. 
if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do, I do, I do. Um, Robert Smith, for our last question. Sorry to everyone who did get a question and didn't get one asked, but we are we are pushed for time. Um, if Albion still go up, uh, do go up, would you stick with more in the Premier League? He obviously did brilliantly last year, but very different circumstances this time around. I'd be very surprised if you see Albion ditch a manager who just got them promoted. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why you would sack him if they get if they go up. Do you think you can cut it in the Premier League? I suppose that's the, that's we'll the bigger question. We'll wait and see, don't we? But uh, I mean, they've got to get there first. I think, I think the, the the bigger question is is what happens if they don't go up? Yeah, because um, you've got right. Let's you've got six loanees who could potentially go. Yeah, you've then got if I'm just going to reel them off on my hand. Rodriguez, Phillips, Dawson, uh, Gibbs, Livermore, maybe Higazi could also go. Then you've got um, Barry, probably going to retire. Yeah. Um, then you've got um, Chris Brunt, probably got one more season, maybe two. Um, but he's got a bad back at the moment. He's picking up a few injuries now. Yeah. Um, James Morrison, has he got another season? You know, you've got... There are 15 players there whose futures are up in the air. Mm. Now, if they don't go up, I think I think they've got a very. I think Darren has got a very strong squad for this division, um, and I think the board will have a decision to make if they don't go up. I think he's been given the tools to win promotion, um, and uh, you know you can you can you, you have to talk about this rationally. You can you can. Believe that Darren has has done wonders for the club, and he mm-hmm. has, from turning it around from where it was, the poisonous place it was. You can believe that he, you know this season has not been a disaster. They are fourth, not fourteenth. Yeah, you've got to remember that they're fourth. Okay, but if they don't go up with this squad, I wouldn't be surprised if he was under pressure because I think what he has been given. And part of that is down to him, keep you know keeping the squad intact, and and you know there's no question that he's got players who were, in might in other circumstances might have down tools to play for him. You know, mm-hmm. Jay Rodriguez been fan, been fantastic, trying to you know he's been running all season. Um, Jake Livermore been trying to, been trying all season. I mean, I'm I'm not talking about their quality. I'm talking about their their work ethic. You know. He he gets players to play for him, mm. but um, he has got a strong squad. So if he doesn't take it up, it does. You could argue it's a failure. I have always said top six, um, but it's funny like the, the closer you get to it, um, the more sh- it sharpens sort of the mind and the focus and. And, and and the ramifications of not, and what the ramifications of not going up could possibly be. Yep, agree with you there. Right, um, competition time. For those who don't listen regularly, this is the deal. Three games we pick. Any time goal scorer from those games, any uh, person who follows and retweets the account, one person will be selected, uh, and they could win themselves an Albion shirt with a name and number of their choice on. Um, first game will be Albion versus Ipswich. Matt, give me an any time goal scorer. Dwight Gale from the middle. From a central position. From a central position. I'm, um, I'm, it's going to happen. It's going it, to be. It's, it's got to at some point. The Derby game on Sunday. Blues versus Villa. Oh, 
I forgot that was this Sunday. Is that this Sunday? It is indeed. Midday kickoff, Mid-day. as always, on a Sunday. You won't see any half and half scarves there, I'll tell you that for free. No, you won't. I will go with, um, where is it? It's at St Andrews. I'll go with Che Adams. Che Adams. Slightly disappointed in you, but I understand why you've gone with it. And Bristol City versus Leeds. Oh, um, I'll go with Bamford. Patrick Bamford. Right, so if Bamford, Che Adams and Dwight Gale all score this weekend, one lucky listener who follows and retweets will win an Albion shirt. And hopefully we get a second one because it's been a while now. Anyway, um, well, let's quickly talk about the away day appetite, Matt. Um, how did you find Elland Road? Food was bang average, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it wasn't great. But, you know, I had a sort of microwaved pie. Um, the KFC was better after. The KFC was much better after, but it always is, Luke. Yeah, always. It always is. I mean, yeah. the mid, nothing better than the midnight KFC on the on the M1. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. I tell you what, I was struggling on that drive home as well. Late, late, late. Yeah, in the I day. fell asleep, didn't I? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I was pretty tired too, but we managed to get home alive, so it's fine. Anyway, um, we're not going away this weekend. West Brom is switch at, at the Hawthorns. Um, eases up in terms of the fixtures, in terms of how tough the opponent is. But I tell you what, Ipswich will be no cakewalk, and it's a big old game now. It is, and the problem is that there's actually a lot of pressure on it because mm. the home form has been patchy. Uh, one win in eight at home in the league, um, and they've lost the last two. And you know what? There's more pressure on this game than there probably was on the last two because if they don't win this, then I think they can wave goodbye to uh, automatic promotion. You don't deserve to go up, frankly, if you don't beat Ipswich at home. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, in a weird way, there is more pressure on it. But look, what I want to see them, I want to see them start the way Leeds started yeah. on Friday. Hell for leather, get at them, get get them, get them right on the back foot, um, really show some intent. None of this, okay, we've got the better, we've got the better players, so if we just take our time, we eventually the class will show. Go out and earn it go out and get those goals and um, show the desire and the passion that Leeds showed um, and the running you know and I think that um, if they do that then Ipswich should have no answer for them mm. um, but they need they need yeah they need a convincing home win um, and they need and it needs to come in this game it has to like they, anything other than three points will be unacceptable and I'm afraid um, it will just uh, you know then 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 Albion really would be looking over their shoulders at, at the chasing pack mm, right Ipswich 24th is getting to the point now with them I mean they're, they're 12 points adrift or 13 from safety um, it's getting to the point now where for them they've got to start winning games so you think that might actually help Albion because Earlier in the season, you'd picture him maybe setting up and trying to trying to nab a draw. Or now it's getting to a point where draws ain't going to help him switch. Yeah, or or, do they, or are they just do they think that they're down? So we we'll just play with the freedom, you know, in the same way that Albion almost were in the Premier League last season. Yeah. That's the concerning thing. They've got there's no pressure on them. No one's expecting them to win. We'll just turn up and give it a best shot and see what happens. Um, yeah, the pressure's on Albion. But this 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 is it though. The, you know we're we're getting to that point where the pressure's on. You have got to deal with the pressure. So you know we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Certainly is. You got to think we won't see four three three. I hope so. I hope so. But you know um, 
I don't pick the team. Well, you don't pick one, but I'm going to ask you to give me one. Give me a predicted 11. Right, well, I'll, what I would do, if it was me, and it's not me, but what I would do is 4-2-3-1, Johnston, Gibbs if he's fit, if he's not, Townsend, um, not Chris Brunt, because Chris Brunt's got a back problem. Um, Dawson, Higazi, Holgate. I would play a midfield two of um, Barry and Field. Yeah. Number 10 of Morrison. Um, Johansson on the bench to come on if Morrison can't do much more than 50 minutes um, on the wing I would play Murphy and Phillips if Phillips is fit and I would stick um, no on the wing I would play Rodriguez left Murphy, uh, Phillips right yeah. Gale in the middle and I would have Murphy and Montero to come off the bench after 60 minutes um, and inject some more pace um, I would be I would be bringing Murphy, Montero, and Johansson off the bench to 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 for those front three. Um, yeah, four two three one. I think pre- that's the way forward. Plenty of fans would be happy with that. I think. I hope so. Yeah, and uh, match prediction. Home win's got to be. Has to be. Home win for me. Two three one. The Albion. Two nil. Two nil. Clean sheet as well. That just about does it from us. Myself and Matt will both be at the Hawthorns. But until then, good luck to the Baggers. <laughs>